Hello, and welcome to the Mind Fitness Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Ursh, and my role as your mentor is to help fuel, feed, and grow your brain to enable you to live your best life. That's right, I want to help you create your life by design. As the owner of New Zealand's longest running women's gym and health and wellness coach for over 22 years, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of women transform their bodies. And what I've learned is the key to all success starts with transforming your thinking. My mission for this podcast is to enlighten and brighten your day. It's me, episode 40. That's right, episode four zero. How phenomenal is that? Like, when I first started this podcast, I thought maybe, just maybe, I'll do a couple of episodes. I made a commitment to myself. I really did. I said to Sam, I'm going to give it a year of doing a podcast. And look at where we are today. Today is all about why messing up is good. Because self-doubt destroys our dreams. And I want to help anyone out there that is too afraid to take action. Yep. You guessed it, if you're a perfectionist, this is a podcast for you. And I really wanted to share with you today something that happened that was quite transformational for me last week. So if you haven't jumped on to last week's podcast, it's a new series that I'm adding into the podcast. And it's about real women getting real results in the real world. And I'm super excited to add this into our podcast because I love celebrating what women are doing. Like women are just the most remarkable beings on the planet. Men, you're right up there as well. However, I'm, I have a wonderful platform where I get to meet extraordinary women doing crazy, amazing things. And I want to be in a position where I can help share their story to the world to help inspire and motivate other women to take action in their life. So I'm going to share that story with you. What happened to me last week is I was in like a freeze frame mode. So let's back up a little bit. I'm going to share the whole story with you. You might need a coffee. You might need a, you might need a wine if it's late at night. Who knows? However, anyway, I was on a conversation with um, a fellow coach friend of mine, um, Alicia Wade, and she is a best-selling author of her book, Be Outstanding. So I was on a phone call with her, and I said to her, actually, I'd love for you to be the first guest on my podcast that I get to interview. And she's like, fantastic, let's organize the time. And I was like, ooh okay, it's actually going to happen. Because what I was doing is I was thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it in my head for the last three months. I keep telling people that I'm going to do it. And now I was actually going to do it. And here's the thing. I hide behind the fact that I am not very good when it comes to IT stuff. And now I'm going to open a YouTube channel like me, open a YouTube channel. Like that's just a little extreme for someone like me. So Tuesday came along, we knew we had the interview, and I didn't research it, I didn't worry about googling any questions, I didn't know how to set up YouTube, so my poor wife had to sit there and organise it. How did that go, babe? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I quite often chuck Sam under the bus like that. I'm like, I'll do the hard thing, like getting out there, not hard thing, I'll do the easy thing, I mean, and I'll get out there and I'll do all the speaking and the talking and the education and the sharing of knowledge and, you know, all the tools I have from my coaching business and I bring, bring into the arena. So Sam thinks that's hard, mm, right? It's terribly hard. That is most the hardest thing on the planet. It's not hard to talk. It's terrible. <laughs> and so 
We are like a team. So Sam does, does the hard stuff and I do what I call the easy stuff. So we recorded the interview and we just, we set it up on Zoom. We both had our mics. Everything was going well. We had beautiful design backgrounds. Thank you to my wife. And I quickly Googled some questions on what to interview for a um, podcast when you're bringing on someone that you're going to interview. And middle of the interview, guess what happened? Well, if you listen to the podcast, you will know what happened. But if you didn't listen to the podcast or you haven't been on my social media and you didn't see my live last week, what happened was I was in the middle of asking a question, got distracted and completely forgot the question. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Like I fully, completely lost the question. Call it menopause brain. Call it COVID brain. Call it got distracted. It doesn't matter. But I actually remember freezing. And when I think about that now, I've created trauma in my body. And I thought, oh my God, where was I going? What was I thinking? What was I going to And I'm almost thinking I'm yelling at Alicia, like, help me out. Like, rescue me. Seriously, I'm dying here. However, got over that. And when I say I got over that, I really didn't get over that. And this is why I really want to share the story, because I'd love to know how many of you can resonate with this. How many of you have been in a position where you're actually being seen or being heard or you do something and then all of a sudden you're flooded with shame? You have fear that people are going to judge you or people are going to reject you. Well, that was me. And the interesting thing was, is once that podcast finished, well, once the interview finished, was on, you know, on our Zoom call, I like got off and I, you know, me and Alicia were chatting and she's like, oh, you got to remember your questions. I was like, I know, right? And even as we're talking, I could feel myself go red. And I came off that interview and I looked at Sam and I was just like, I completely fucked that up. Yes, I use the F word. But you're lucky it's only one F word because last week there was lots of F words. And so my immediate thought was, how the hell can we edit this? I just sat here thinking, right, we've got to edit that out. And the reason I wanted to edit this out, and I want you to, to listen to this part of the story, is because I was worried that people would not see me as being an expert or worse than that, way worse than that. Because, you know, it's always my opinion. So I'm not the expert at anything. I just bring attention to the pla on this platform. However, I was thinking that people are going to think I'm not perfect. And that was really messing me up. I thought people would maybe laugh and go, oh, there she is. She's completely forgotten it. There's her first interview and she looks like an idiot. Like, that's actually what I was thinking. And it was interesting talking afterwards, Ursh's <clears throat> recollection of what had happened in the interview and when she'd forgotten the questions. In her head, she had said, I was swearing. I had my arms flying in the air. I was like... She remembers in her head that there was this massive dramatic experience. But when you watch back on the video, there was no swearing. There was no arms flying in the air. It was over in about four seconds and everything carried on as normal. We forgot the question and we carried on with the next one. So from uh, an outsider's... We, we, we did forget the question and we did carry on. Yeah. I decided to make that mean that I was a failure. I decided to make that mean that I was not perfect. I made that mean that people could potentially judge me and I really have to delete that part of the interview. So I guess that lasted about two or three days. Yeah, and luckily Sam said, I don't know how to do that, hun. You're going to have to leave it in there. <laughs> there was a little bit of cold sweat, I have to be honest. There was a little bit of like, ah, because here was me 
my first live interview being recorded on Zoom, not knowing how to edit it. And I'm sure we could have Googled it. Like, Sam's pretty awesome. She'll go and find it out and figure it out for me. And there was a moment in time that I thought, fuck it. I'm just going to put it up. I don't even want to watch the interview. I don't even want to see what I did. And what I realized is by reliving that event, and I want you to think about an event that you play over in your head over and over and over again. And it starts off like this little pebble, like this little pebble in a pond. But before you know it, it's like a massive boulder in the pond and it's stopping water flowing. Your flow has stopped and now you are stuck. I hope you can resonate with that because that was me for three days. I had shame and every time I thought about the interview going up, I thought shame. How weird is that? I thought shame about what people would think about me and I lost track of why I wanted to do this in the first place. And the reason that I wanted to do this um, extra on my podcast is because I wanted to be in a position where I was the person that was able to celebrate other women's greatness. Like I forgot about that. And then I sat down and I thought about that and I thought, here I am making this about me. Like yours truly. It's all about ish, all about ish. And they had to stop and think, it's not about me. That's not why I'm doing this. This is not what I'm focused on. And if I stay focused on the wrong thing, it's going to keep me stuck. And coincidentally, one of my mentors, Shalene Johnson, I was watching a video that she had put up and I'm on one of her email lists. So anyway, I just tapped into it and I watched it and it was so appropriate at the time. And she says, if you're afraid to make mistakes, you're already failing. And I was like, like, if you're afraid to make mistakes, you're already failing. Like, what does that mean to you, Sam? Like, I mean, that was like a cold fish slapped across my face. (laughs) Well, that's just that whole, if you don't actually step out of your comfort zone, because we're all going to make mistakes. If you're just doing something for the first time, or you're learning a new skill, or you're doing a new something, you're not going to be bloody good at it. And I tell the girls in Fight Day all the time when new people come into class, I'm like, you're going to make heaps of mistakes today, because you've never done this before, and you're new at it. And every time you come, you're going to get better and better. But if you don't come at all, well, what are you going to get? Nothing. Nowhere. Zero. There you go. So why I thought I wanted to share this is because I think it's really important. And what I see in my with my clients and when I'm running workshops is fear of rejection and judgment keeps us stuck. Therefore, we're not taking action towards the life that we want to create. So we're not actually living life by design. We're actually living life by default. What? Because we're worried about fear of rejection. Uh, Yes, we are worried about fear of rejection. So we can't have that happen. That's just going to be a no, no, no go zone. To be innovative, creative, spontaneous, imaginative, dynamic, or even charismatic, you need room for mistakes and unexpected outcomes. You see, last week, I just thought I would push play and the interview would be amazing, which of course it was. So if you still haven't watched that on the YouTube channel or you haven't listened to it on the podcast, I encourage you to go back and watch it because she is a phenomenal, extraordinary woman creating change in a, in a magnificent way. However, so when we look at if what I did last week is I just thought I could go and do something for the very first time and I thought I should be perfect at it. Like Sam said, You have to do things like thousands and thousands and thousands of times before you become an expert. 
like I would never just assume that I could jump on stage and start a brand new class and get up there, never seen it before, never heard the music before, and just start teaching it and be amazing. Like, it takes hours and hours and hours of training and practice and listening and retrying and making mistakes and figuring it out and making a bit of a, a cock of yourself sometimes, to be honest. Like, sometimes you do. You have to make a big fool of yourself. But luckily, you do it in, the, in front of a mirror and not necessarily in front of others. Ursh might have done it in front of everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and one of and you didn't make a big cock of yourself anyway. <laughs> one of the things that we, we notice, we train instructors to teach group fitness classes, and we have done for like 20 years. And so one of the things that we notice is when people first come to teach a, a group fitness class, they, I mean, number one, learning the music, learning the beats of the music, putting on a mic and speaking on stage. They're just like things people would prefer to die than to get up and actually speak in front of an audience <clears throat> and you know so I've taught you know 10 years and 10 years I was teaching 16 classes a week so you know I've been teaching now for over 20 years there is thousands upon I think there's like 20,000 classes I've taught it's ridiculous how many classes I've taught so when I go up on stage, I don't even think about the routine. I don't think about the music. I don't think about the audience. It is on autopilot. Why? Because I've created neural pathways. My brain is it's just like brushing my teeth. It's my job. It's my profession. I know what I'm doing. I have no fear about it. And I can show up and I can work the room. So when you've got a new instructor, they're coming in. What do you think they're doing? They're comparing themselves to someone that is chapters and years ahead of them. So I'm going to encourage you to think about where in your life that you've tried to do something new and step outside of your comfort zone and thought that you should be like the expert, the God-given expert. Like you should just be able to put that mic on, work the room, understand what all the cueing is about. Like are you doing praise technique, are you doing praise technique, celebration, or what is it, cues? Like what type of, what beats have you got in your music? How are you going to engage your audience? Like how are you going to celebrate your audience? Like all of these things are going on in your mind and you think that you should just be that person that goes up there, puts on the mic, and you can be an Ursh or a Sam. Like you can just go up there and do it. And then people get really disheartened because all they're focused on is what their flaws were. All they're focused on is I missed the beat. All they're focused on is I didn't do a jab cross in the right time. I didn't do a squat at the right time. I didn't do you know a bounce class or a spin class. So I had I had the pedal out or I had the wrong words at the wrong time. Well, that's what happened to me last week. It was all about me. And when we don't make it about us and when we don't compare ourselves to other people that are years down the track and we allow ourselves to grow at a reasonable level, like if we could just accept where we are in the journey and be okay and come with some love and compassion for ourselves, then we would stop bullying ourselves. We would stop beating ourselves up. Because not everyone can jump on stage with 20 years experience and be able to work a room. Not everyone could put on a mic and be able to read the body language and create massive momentum and motivation for other people to exercise. Like, that is years of training. That is years of implementing. That is years of doing. So it's completely unrealistic to even consider that you're going to be at that level. But if you don't start now, 
and you don't make mistakes, how do you learn? How are you ever going to get there if you don't put in the time now and do the hard yards, do the work, accept that you're not going to be perfect, but every time you do it, you're going to get better and better. And, you know, we're constantly trained, like we train personal trainers and we train group fitness instructors. And what we see is they hide behind their fear. They hide behind the fear of they're not good enough. They hide behind their fear of they're not perfect. They hide behind the fear that they're not as good as the person that is in front of them, the person that has been doing the same thing for years upon years. I did exactly the same thing last week when I thought I should just be perfect. And I was perfect. I was perfectly me. So when I accepted the fact that I was perfectly me, I was able to relax. And Sam edited the video for me and she's like, baby, you just need to watch it. You just over-dramatized it. There was no swearing. There was no aggression. You didn't lose your shit. You were completely calm and it was just fun and people would know. And then when I thought about it, I thought people that follow me, people that watch me, people that have been you know, to my group fitness classes for years know that there is not one time, not one class in over 20,000 classes that I have been perfect. Not one. Like either the song stops or the, the batteries die on the mic or I'm playing the wrong song for the wrong routine or I call someone's name wrong or I say the wrong move. I mess shit up in every single class. And guess what? My classes are always full. Guess what? Nobody wants perfect and when we've had instructors in the past, and, and taken into consideration, we've trained quite a few instructors, the ones that are perfectionists are the ones that are not able to build rapport with the audience because they're too worried about getting their moves right and them looking good and them being perfect that they forget that the class is not about them, the class is actually about the participant in the room. Remember, people will never remember what you say to them. They'll remember how you made them feel. While I'm on this tangent, I think we should actually break this down for people, you know, for steps, the um, conscious awareness. So, All right, so I'm going to take it away from group fitness and stuff and just go to something really simple like riding a bike. So think back to when you're a tiny little kid, you're like three or four years old and you got your first bike and you see your sisters and the, all the kids in the neighborhood cycling around the neighborhood and you want to get on your bike and go and do the same. And you you try to get on the bike and in your in your head, you're what they call unconsciously incompetent. So you have no idea when you're three that if you get on a bike that you're going to fall off. You think you're going to get on the bike and you're going to be able to ride it. So you're unconsciously incompetent at riding a bicycle. Then you get on the bicycle the first time and you fall over the minute you sit on it. Now you're very conscious that you're incompetent. You are very aware that you have no idea how to ride a bike. And that's where fear kicks in. And that's where mum, dad, brother, sister have to help coach you through trying again because you're scared to go again because now you consciously know that you can't do it. The next step is you become consciously more competent. So now that means you know that you're getting better. So you're, you get on your bike and you know that you can do three or four or five pedals before you stop and you know that dad's going to catch you, mum's going to help you and you're not going to hurt yourself. So you're now aware that you're getting better at cycling and you know what to do. And then the very last stage is the unconscious competence. This is where you don't even have to think about it anymore. You run out the gate, you grab your bike, you get on and you cycle down to the dairy and not once did you have to think about what you were doing. Not once did you have to think, remember, go with the pedals, hold on to the handlebars, don't fall over, don't go too slow because you'll fall over. You know, you don't have those thoughts anymore. It just happens automatically. 
And that happens with every single thing that you learn all throughout your whole life, no matter what it is that you do. Learning to talk, learning to walk, learning to drive, learning to teach a class, learning how to be a surgeon, learning how to be a teacher. At one, some stage, you have no idea that you don't know what you're doing. Then you do it and realize, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. So now, that's the, that's the turning point. When you know that you don't know what you're doing, who are you going to be? Are you going to be the person that then goes and practices so that you can get over that hurdle and then you become better at it and then eventually you don't even have to think about it because mm. you've now learned it so well that it's autopilot? Or you could be the person that goes, I don't know what I'm doing, stop. Who are you? Are you someone that gives up the minute it gets too hard and you just don't carry on? Or are you the type of person that will keep going until you have unconscious competence and you become a star? Ooh, I hope you took notes for that because every time we talk about this, my brain just it just goes, Ooh, and it gets really stuck on the CC words. <laughs> it's like CCs, tasting like these. But actually, it's not tasting like these. It's actually even that in itself, the statements around that confuse my brain. Do they now? <laughs> yeah. So for people like me, Sam, who get distracted when it gets to confusing talk or words that my brain is actually choosing not to comprehend, let's just have a recap of what we did. What were the CCs? So you have... Stage one? Stage one, which is unconscious incompetence. So you don't know that you don't know how to do something. Number two is conscious incompetence. Now you do know that you don't know how to do something. Then you move to the other side. Now you have conscious competence. So you know how to do something, but you still have to think about it. And then the last one, this is where the magic happens, is the unconscious competence. So now you don't even have to think about it. You can just do it. It's autopilot. You're a star. So knowing that there is a formula about learning new actions or, or so let's look at a baby. So a baby has to start. It has to go through step one when it, a baby begins to walk right and then has to go to step two step three and step four now no baby goes from lying down to running around right not one one child so we we have to go through the four stages until it becomes autopilot that's right and you're going to mess it up the whole way how many times have babies fallen over before they mastered the first step and, and we don't turn around and say you're bad yeah. You're naughty. You are such a failure. Stop walking. Stop walking now because you've messed up. So that's it. You've had your chance. Not going to get another one. No. And imagine the same with potty training. That's it. You couldn't You couldn't go to the toilet in, in the potty. Therefore, no toilet for you. You're going to be in nappies for the rest of your life. Like we, as we grow up and we become adults we take on other people's opinions and feelings and emotions about our progress and we start judging ourselves really harshly but if we go back to childhood we had to learn how to ride that bike we had to learn how to walk we had to learn how to speak we had to learn how to write we had to learn how to go to the toilet and hopefully you were in an environment where you were celebrated for every little step that you did like you know when you were a baby and you would roll over and mum and dad or whoever brought you up would be like celebrating you. And they'd be like, yay, look, they smiled today. Or look, they rolled over today. And now we expect that we just need to be perfect 24-7. So we're here to tell you that messing up is actually good for you. And I'll tell you why. Actually, I'll give you a few reasons why. So number one is it gives you the opportunity to take risks that lead to personal growth. 
Like, really? You get to grow by, by messing up? It's as simple as that. So you need to do more of that. It builds problem solving and critical thinking skills, which basically means that you learn how to make informed choices and that you're able to see every decision path that you take leads to alternative outcomes. I mean, that's wonderful. That's like a win-win, not only for you, but all the people you're, you're with. Like in a work environment, that's really valuable. In a relationship, that's really valuable. In a family situation, that's really valuable. And number three, it boosts knowledge, retention, and comprehension. And number four, it, it shows the real world consequences of your decisions. So in the real world, each and every one of our decisions lead to consequences, good or bad. Number four, believe it or not, it gives you confidence and self-assurance in all aspects of your life. So making mistakes provides you with a boost in confidence and self-esteem because you are empowered to find your own solutions. I think you should do the last one, Sam. Okay, and the last one is that like making mistakes helps you learn what does work and what mm. doesn't work. And because if let's just say you'd made the wrong choice, then next time you won't make that same choice again. You can choose the a better choice. And hey, that choice not, might not be the right choice either. But eventually you'll find out through trial and error that this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work, but this one does. And we actually work on a 10x rule over here. So we try things and we give 10 different options like we try 10 times we change it until we get it right we'll give it at least 10 chances before we give up on something because you're learning you're learning something new so you just have to keep trying rather than just give up try once and give up never works and i think one of the most common things i guess that we hear with clients is i've tried it it didn't work mm. i've tried it, it didn't work and when we say to them specifically well how many times have you tried how long did you try I've tried it once and it didn't work. And the key word here is I tried it once. And when we think about how many times you need to repeat an action before it becomes an unconscious behavior or an unconscious pattern or an unconscious action, it is thousands. Like it's thousands. It's not just one, two or three or four or five or even eight times. But we've trained our brain to give up if it's not perfect the first time we try it. Imagine if you got in the car with your mum and you learned how to drive and then the next day you didn't have to think about it. Like, no way. You <laughs> thought about it for months. Then you had your driving test and even after your driving test, you still learn, think about it, think about it, think about it. Where you think now, maybe two or three years of driving, you don't think about anything. It's just completely autopilot. And that's just another example of having unconscious competence. So you're now completely unaware that you know exactly what you're doing. And that just takes time. And... Albert Hubbard says, the greatest mistake a man can ever make is to be afraid of making one. I love that because we are so scared. It keeps us stuck, right? So we're too scared about, you know, getting rejection or people are going to judge us or we're not going to get it perfect. So what do we end up doing? We end up taking no action. We end up staying stuck. And I hate to tell you this, but we're not trees. We're not trees. We're not meant to stay stuck. We're like energy beings and we are meant to be on the move. So if that resonates with you, feel free to pop it down. Um, another quote that I really love by Steve Den, he says, you can never make the same mistake twice because the second time you make it, it's not a mistake, it's a choice. That's right, because 
we often think about when we try something finding where we failed and what made us look stupid or what made us feel stupid and we don't see it as a learning opportunity we don't say great what did i learn from this and how could i do it better next time because everything is about learning everything is about growth everybody everything is about taking action yeah and you take it to like the simplest level if you um, were learning how to drive a car and you push the accelerator and you speed into a wall you would then know the next time, don't push the accelerator that hard because I'm going to go into the wall, right? Really? Where did that come from? (laughs) So next, the second time you actually go into anything, once you've learned that lesson, you're going to try something. It might still not be the right choice or the right decision, but the good thing is you're going to try something different, right? And it still might not be the right one, but you're going to get one step closer to getting it right and having unconscious competence. And that's what we're aiming for. And John Maxwell, now I've spoken about John Maxwell on the podcast before, and he's just a one, if you've never read any of his books, I highly recommend you just, you Google him. He's written some amazing, phenomenal books, and he's taught me a lot about failing forward. And he says, failing forward helps you speak openly about failures with a focus on learning and improving. There we go. Right, so he he openly says, you know, always fail forward. And when I first read this concept, I was like, that just doesn't even make sense to me. But it does make sense. So if we try something, we learn from it, we're taking a step forward. So even if we messed it up, even if it was really clunky, it's okay because we're still making progress. So he says, fail forward helps you speak openly about failures with a focus on learning and improving to demonstrate strengths and courage. Don't have time to reflect? We realize the pace of work doesn't leave much time to analyze the past. But intelligent failure doesn't have to involve a lengthy retrospective. So if you like that quote, you might want to download his book called Failing Forward. It's about turning mistakes into stepping stones for success. And it's a a fantastic book. It's one that you can always go back to and you can always refer to. So what do I think about... Why messing up is good? Because I think without messing up at all, you're not making any progress. You're not learning anything. So fail fast, fail forward, and fail often. And I just want to share with you the story of the light bulb. So Thomas Edison uh, invented the light bulb. So without him, we wouldn't have light. We wouldn't have the light bulb. So we're sitting here right now with lights above us and lights beside us. Now, this wouldn't have been possible. And what he said is, you know, it took him over 10,000 attempts to do this. So most people could look at that and say, you know, you've failed 10,000 times. And he turned around and he said, I haven't failed. I have just found 10,000, like 10,000 ways that won't work. He also said he found 10,000 steps to make the light bulb. If Thomas Edison threw his hands up and gave up after 9,999 failures there would be no light. What? If, like, really, that's amazing, right? Like, yeah. 9,999 failures. If he gave up, after that many attempts, we wouldn't have light. If Howard Schultz gave up after being turned down by 242 banks, there would be no Starbucks. If Walt Disney quit too soon after his theme, uh, theme park attempt was trashed 302 times... There would be no Disneyland. Imagine no Mickey Mouse. No Donald Duck. I don't know about you, but I love Disneyland. And if J.K. Rowling stopped after being turned down by multiple publishers for years, there would be no Harry Potter. So nothing great 
ever landed in anybody's lap. Mm. Okay, if you want something, you need to work for it. You need to keep trying. You need to keep attempting. You need to find the formula to achieve what it is that you're wanting to achieve. And it's going to take a hell of a lot of mistakes. It's going to take a hell of a lot of failure. But if you want it badly enough, you won't give up until you find the formula that works. So remember what I always say, it is progress over perfection, always. So if you don't write any other quote down in this whole podcast today, I want you to remember this one, progress over perfection. And we started this podcast right at the beginning when we said, if you're afraid to make mistakes, you're already failing. So I hope you're not the person that's already failing. If you're making mistakes, you're winning. So are you winning or are you losing? That's the question that we're going to leave you with today. And remember at the beginning of this podcast, I was also sharing how I was humiliated that people would judge me and they would say that, you know, Ursh was a loser. Ursh got it wrong. Ursh did, did a mistake. And I was really worried about that. Well, I want to share with you that just before we started uh, recording this podcast today, 40, like that's four zero, 40 people downloaded the podcast like 40 people in a week downloaded one podcast like that is off the chart that's amazing right even better than that if I had have not put the YouTube link up if I had have not gone through it if I had have hidden behind fear and shame 28 people actually watched the YouTube like 28 people I wasn't expecting that I was expecting maybe I would watch it and a couple of my close friends would watch it 28 people actually went and watched it so 28 people we we gave great value by showing up by embracing messy and not giving a shit so remember keep failing forward because forward's the way we want to go we want to make sure that we are the ceo of our life we are creating our life by design and that means that you have to take action every single day if you have never failed, like never, if you've never failed, guess what? You've never tried anything new. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or share it on the socials. And don't forget to tag me on hashtag MFM, Mind Fitness Mentor. And if nobody's told you today, remember, you are loved, you matter, and you are more than enough. Remember, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. I can't wait to see you then.